Hey everybody, this is Jake Walker and you're listening to Living for the Day, a podcast that exists to encourage and equip people to live for and long for the day of Jesus' return. Matthew 28, 18-20, the Great Commission says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Come on, I'm so excited for this episode. I get to sit down and have a conversation with one of my heroes. His name is Peter Russell. I'm so excited for him to share with you um, about some of his life and ministry, especially to the Maasai people in Kenya and Tanzania. We're talking about global missions today on Living for the Day and how that matters for the day of Jesus' return. I'm really excited uh, for what we'll learn from Peter today, and I pray that you're encouraged and equipped to live for and long for the day. Let's jump into this episode. Well, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, joining in on Living for the Day today. I am so honored and excited because I have a hero of mine, Peter Russell, uh, with me on the podcast today. Peter, would you say hi to everyone? Oh, man. What a joy to be on your podcast, Jake. It's so good. And and hello, everyone. Um, Peter, thank you so much again for being with me. I just want to honor you and say you are such an inspiration to me, and I love you, and uh, just thank you for your faithful yes to Jesus, and I can't wait for people to hear what you have to say today. Oh, well, thank you. Well, Peter, you're on a podcast called Living for the Day, and it's all about living for the day when you see Jesus face-to-face, for the day when He returns. And I love to ask my guests, what is it that you personally are so excited for for when you finally see Jesus face to face? Ah, wow. I think it would have to be his eyes. I cannot wait to see his eyes. Um, you know, in, in the eyes of my heart, I've seen him and I've grown to understand who he is more as I've grown in the transformation, the spiritual formation of my life. His face to me has turned from more of a stern disciplinarian to someone who's just in love with me and cares for me and uh, lifts me up when I'm down. And uh, that love I've experienced on this side, in the, in the mirror dimly, I just can't wait till there's nothing in between us and I can just see that source of love. And uh, oh, I'll be a blubbering mess. I know it. Wow. Wow. Me too. I just, I love that. And I love the way that you know Jesus, Peter. I'm so excited for this conversation. Peter, we're talking about global missions in this conversation. Who better to talk about it than you? Would you be willing to tell the Living for the Day audience what global missions is and a little bit of your story with global missions? Sure. I'd love to. 
Well, you know, basically global missions gets down to, uh, you know, Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to deserve all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Um, I like to call this the going sandwich because, first of all, Jesus says all authority has been given to him. And uh, Amen. I don't I don't know about you, but when I go into a situation, like when I'm traveling, I'm always looking for my passport because I know that gives me authority to cross borders. And that we have that authority in Christ is such an amazing, amazing thing. And then the going is in the middle, but then the other side of the sandwich, the bread on the other side is I am with you, that presence that Jesus is always with us. And I, I've been in some gnarly situations. We live and work with the Maasai, and we have for 32 years now. And I've been actually on some of the hunts they do with uh, spears. And I tell you what, who you are with when you're on one of those hunts with spears and you're going after a Cape Buffalo is really, really important. And, uh, you know, it's just like when you're with a warrior, you feel confident. And just knowing and seeing that Jesus is with us has given Tammy and I and our colleagues, those of us who've gone into international missions, the sense of I, I have nothing in myself that will allow me to do this. But if Jesus goes with me, uh, and I can join him in his mission, then it's going to be okay. And in the end, it's all going to be all right. But I think the key thing to remember with this is that um, it's God's mission, not ours. You know, it's so incredible. You look at the high priestly prayer in John 17, and it's like Jesus reporting back to the Father. And I haven't lost these except one that you gave me. And 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 I've made my name known to them. And when you ask, well, what name is he talking about? Well, seven times in that chapter, he mentions the name Father. And uh, Jesus said, when, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And for me, global missions is just like the call of Abraham. You have been blessed, Abraham, so that the nations of the world will be blessed through you. And then, then when the disciples asked, you know, when, when is you, when are you, when is your your return, and you know, when are you coming back, Lord Jesus? And he tells them all about you know the wars and famine and earthquakes, all these signs and love growing cold. But then he says, "But this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world for a witness for all the nations, and then the end shall come." And so that is pretty cool. If we, if we long for the day to see Jesus face to face, let's get involved in global missions. Let's get involved. And you know this thing, it's about the kingdom of God. And you can't have a kingdom without a king. And you can't have a king without subjects loyal to him and giving him worship. John Piper said something that just has amazed me. He said, Missions exist because worship does not. And our goal as those of us who go into international missions and global missions is to see worship arise in the nations of the one true 
God. So, and you know, you've heard all the stats about people groups that there's there's these people who do not have a gospel witness in their language. You can imagine that if you were in a in a place, Jake, uh, in, in Southern California, and somebody came to you, and and he didn't know your language, he didn't know, he couldn't even speak to you, and he dressed different than you. Uh, and his whole culture was different than you, the, the the bridge of the gospel into your life would be hindered. And it when Jesus said, go into all the world, by that he meant that we have to cross boundaries. We have to go to people who are not like us. We have to go to people who don't look like us, don't act like us. And without crossing boundaries, the the Great Commission is not, not going to happen. You know, there's 17,000, I think, 400 and some people groups representing almost 8 billion people. Of that, 7,425 of those are considered unreached. And by unreached, we mean that they do not have an indigenous gospel witness in their language and in their culture so that they can reach their own people. So therefore, people have to be sent from the outside into those people groups for them to be able to receive the gospel, respond to the gospel, and then grow to a place where they are reaching their own people. So that's global missions in a, in a nutshell. And if you take the book that we call the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you can see it throughout. You can see a father a son, and their mission. And then in John 17, Jesus says, and these that you've given me, be with them as they go. And then he says, wait till you, you have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, and then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And it happened, Jake. And it is happening and it's spreading all over the world. Wow, 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 wow. I'm so compelled and just so blessed by hearing your heart, Peter. Could you just share a little bit about, you know, just briefly, I know that there's just so much to share, but just your story, how long you have been in Global Missions, where you are. I know you said you're with the Mase, but just let our audience briefly know, kind of, man, you've been faithful for a long time, Peter. <laughs> well, praise God. Uh, we... I, I grew up in Ethiopia. My parents were missionaries. So the act of surrender and me personally being called into missions, God took me away from Africa because Africa is what I knew and loved. And he took me to the inner city of Hollywood, California. And the one place that I would never, ever in my whole life choose uh, to be. Uh, I've always been an outdoor country guy. Uh, but in that place, he knit my heart together with Hispanic youth. And it's a, don't have time to tell the stories, but dramatic stories of how God um, brought these guys out of gangs. And uh, but then, and, and I think this is key, too, for your listeners. I think in our walk with the Lord, lordship has to be a set issue. I mean, you have to deal with lordship in your life. Um, there has to be a time of surrender when you say, I will go anywhere and I will do anything for you. But when that is done, he delights in releasing to us 
the anointing and the call that he placed in us before we were even born. Because I do believe that, you know, it says we have good works that we're called to walk in. Um, so for me, he led me to Hollywood. And then by his grace, he led me back to Africa. It's a really long story. Actually writing it right now, which is a lot of fun. He brought me to Khartoum, Sudan. I was traveling with an agnostic, Jake, if you can believe it. This guy was an agnostic. And he was not only agnostic, but he was super smart. Like off the charts, smarter than me. So he had these arguments and he just kind of wore me down, wore me down. I just like, I didn't have any more arguments for why I believe the gospel would be true, but it drove me to a place of desperation. And one night in Khartoum, the, the two Niles come together, the white Nile and the blue Nile. And, and at that convergence, I climbed up in a tree and I wept for like an hour because I didn't know what I believed anymore. And this guy had just worn me down. But in that place, God met me. And, and I've heard the similar testimonies of others like Billy Graham laying the Bible on the, on the stump. But I just, when I came down that tree, I knew that the Bible was real, that Jesus was real, and that his mission was for the world. And I really haven't looked back. And Tammy, and this is a really key I'll try to make it short, but it really ties into our story. She went to Urbana, 1981. And Urbana is a missions conference uh, that was, I don't know how frequently it's held now. But she went there, and at that conference, there was a Wycliffe missionary named Marilyn Laszlo who spoke about her work with the Sepik Indians in Papua New Guinea. And how she was translating the word of God. And one day, a man from another tribe came downstream. And he said, I hear you are writing the words of God. He said, will you come? Will you come to my village, which is two days upstream? Will you come to bring the words of God to us? And she said, I I can't. I, I don't have other workers. I don't have other people. And she finally said goodbye to him. He left. But she couldn't get his face out of her mind and finally she just knew she had to go so she got some of her workers they loaded up these canoes they went up the river to meet with this guy they finally got there after two days they they parked their canoes and looked up and here was a church building just like the one they had back at their station with the sepik at and it had the cross on top a thatched roof and she said i thought you said no one ever came to share the gospel. He said, no one has. But we saw that was where you were teaching the words of God, and we wanted to be ready for when you came. And that story so impacted Tammy that at that conference, she ded- dedicated her life to going. And the whole story is like Jesus said, the fields are wide unto harvest. It's just the workers who are few. And we need to pray the Lord of the harvest to bring the workers. So she signed up for missions. She went with YWAM to Kenya, got a heart for the Maasai. I already had a heart for the Maasai. I had grown up there and gotten to know them. They're traditional people, uh, pastoral. They keep, you know, cattle, sheep, and goats, semi-nomadic. And God brought me back to the Maasai. And I had a friend named Tate. And I said, Tate, I believe God's calling me to come back and plant churches amongst your people. And he told me, he said, 
you white people always say things like that, but you just leave and disappear. And I said, and I don't even know why I did this, but it must have been the Holy Spirit. I said, pierce my ear as a sign. So the Maasai, I don't know, you probably can't see it anymore, but the Maasai um, get a red hot awl. And so this is what he did. He got a red hot awl and he stuck it through my ear. And I said, and when I come back, you can pierce my other ear. So about four years later, Tammy and I and our firstborn Skyler, baby, we came up to his house and he pierced my second ear because we came back. And we worked with, first of all, with Christian Missionary Fellowship, planting churches amongst the Maasai. We learned their language uh, because, as I shared earlier, you can't really connect with people unless you know their heart language. And so we struggled. I mean, the language is so incredibly hard and they just were, they would just laugh at us. You know, they was like, what did your mom drop you on your head when you're a baby? Why can't you speak this language? But slowly by slowly, we were, be, we were able to begin to learn the language. And over the years, and it's a series of miracles that I don't have time to talk about. Surrenders, miracles, persecution, death threats, establishment of the church, the growth of the church. And then one day, we were sitting at Easter and and we were discouraged because you know where were all these hungry people that Marilyn Laszlo talked about because we were we were talk to people and they would oh yeah well yeah I'll think about it you know and it was like it wasn't this like red like we built anyway on Easter morning I think it was 1997 or eight I think it was seven we are at our place in Endeshat which is in Kenya and on the border of Tanzania. And while we're there, all of a sudden we hear, and this delegation wound itself out of the trees and came to us and they had come from Tanzania. And they said, we built a building, but we have nobody to teach us the word of God. Would you come to Tanzania and teach us the word of God? So that began from 97 to present, our involvement in Tanzania. And we planted a church up there. I had my motorcycle. I'd go up the the um, escarpment of the Rift Valley, planted a church there. There was power encounters with the shamans that lived in that area. But that church that was planted now has grown to about 80 churches now in northern Tanzania. And it's just like wildfire. is just spread. So now we... Ha- have built a training and a retreat center because the Maasai are reaching their people now. Jake, we've seen the Maasai move from being unreached to being reached. And that now we are trying to help them go to the unreached. So Solomon and Sarah, you've met Solomon. He's been in your home. He and uh, Sarah are working with the unreached now. And we're training the Maasai church how to raise up missionaries, how to send missionaries, how to support missionaries in prayer and finances. So we're believing God for an indigenous Maasai movement now to go to the unreached. Wow, 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 wow. Man, I feel like I'm talking with, you know, you and Tammy are just like, you know, like Bible heroes, Acts, Book of Acts, Bible heroes. It's just so incredible. And I just want to, again, say thank you for your faithful yes, Peter, and just praise God and eternity is different because of you and Tammy and kids faithful. Yes. And, um, you know, my next question, Peter, it just so inspiring. Um, 
these kind of go together. Um, the next two questions, just kind of explicitly, you know, why does global missions and your life's work matter for the day of Jesus's return in your words? And it kind of similar to that. What is the foundation? What's at the foundation of a life that's willing to give a whole life to see the great commission fulfilled? Um, any way you want to answer those two um, questions, Peter? Yeah. Well, you know, just like I shared Matthew twenty four fourteen, that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached everywhere. And the word preached, if I remember rightly in the Greek, is actually communicated. Um, it doesn't necessarily... Preaching is... I, I'm a preacher. I love preaching. But it's about communication. It's about discipleship. It's about coaching. It's about coming alongside people. It is about... Um, it is about helping the poor and lifting them up but it's it's all it's it's i think we have to get back to not being apologetic about the speaking of the gospel uh, the message of the gospel that it's 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 powerful we don't have to be apologetic about that while we are helping people physically we're not apologetic about the message of the gospel and uh, um i feel like that will usher in Christ's return. And not only that, the, the, the kingdom of God is about transformation. Um, Ezekiel 47, I think it is. Yeah, Ezekiel 47 has a beautiful picture of the, of the river of God coming from the throne room, the place of worship. So from the place of worship comes this river and it flows and it gets wider and deeper. And wherever it goes, the places that are salty get turned to fresh water. And it says it becomes teeming with life, teeming with fish. And that teemingness, that abundance is the lifeblood of the kingdom of God. And we've got to see, I had this vision one time of these Maasai coming to us in rags. And it wasn't just us, but others, other leaders and and. And in rags, and, and as we prayed for them, they were transformed into royal garments of praise, like beautiful purples and whites, and be, and they were still Maasai. That was the coolest thing. They were still Maasai, but they were in their the, the state that God made them to be. They were who they were in heaven, and they had these balls and chains on their legs. And as as we prayed for them, those those balls and chains were broken off and they turned to gold. And then these guys were lifting them up and started swinging them around, swinging them around and saying, look what Jesus has done for me. Look what Jesus has done for me. And as as they swung them around, every place they swung it turned to gold. And it's just like, you know, the Bible says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And uh, then we got to see that happen because in this valley where we first started the work in Tanzania, there was a powerful shaman that people would come from a thousand kilometers away uh, to get his amulets. And he was against us. He cursed the church. He cursed the school. And he held the people in fear. His daughter began manifesting the demonic. And James Kukan, again, who you've met because James and Solomon came to the States with me a while ago, he led a band of believers. This was, uh, what year was this? This was about 10 years ago. 
And he brought this band of believers together and they went and prayed for her. They didn't have any acumen. They didn't have this great training. They just believed the word of God that says, greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. And she was roaring like a lion. She was scratching herself till she was bleeding. And she got completely and totally set free. The next Sunday, I was there with Tammy and to listen to her testimony. She stood up to give her testimony. We had some visitors there who didn't speak Maasai, so it was being translated. She spoke her testimony for 45 minutes. And at about 30 minutes, I, uh, the, the translator saw me look at my watch, and so he tried to stop her. And she turned to him and said, I am going to, and you cannot stop me from telling these people what Jesus has done for me. And I just thought about that vision. The word of their testimony. What bound her has become the freedom. And something broke in the spiritual realm. We have seen in our ministry that there's these power encounters before big breakthrough. And that was a power encounter. The following year, James and the Christians in that area baptized over 500 believers. 500 people came to the Lord after that shaman's daughter came to the Lord. And the shaman, um, he said, I'm not ready to become a church person, but I no longer will be against you. And you can come and preach the gospel in all of my villages. And today there's a church in his village. So, yeah. I don't know if that has anything to do with the question, let me see, that you asked. But the gospel of the kingdom being preached brings transformation. The gospel is about transformation. It's the river of God. And this is something that I have come to realize is that, and this is going to sound maybe a little bit strange, but I'll unpack it a little bit, is that the, God doesn't sacrifice the missionary for the mission. That doesn't mean that he might not call you to die. But it does mean that he doesn't tell you to bring abundant life of that river that river of God in Ezekiel 47, you also see it in Revelation. We're not called to bring that river to others without living in it ourselves. And for me, going to Africa, it's like I went to reach the lost, but I kind of lost my own way in a way. And God refathered me there because I'm a doer. And so many of us who are missionaries, you know, we don't sit on our hands and you, you know, you, we hear God say jump and we say how high, you know, we're just ready. But he refathered me and he brought me in this place of being a son and realizing that it's his mission, it's his river. And I get to enjoy the river of transformation as I bring it to others. And so we talk a lot about with our leaders now, um, like a tank. We have these uh, tanks all over Maasai land where we, uh, they fill them with water and then there's a, a trough for the cattle to come and drink, you know, next to it. But instead of the, you know, the out, the inlet comes on up high and the outlet goes out low. But the Spirit of God has been speaking to us and we've been teaching our leaders that we really should have the outlet going off the top. That we minister out of our abundance, out of our intimacy with Christ. Ministry flows from intimacy. So those of us who are called to missions, we can get really task-oriented. And for me, I know I did. 
And I kind of lost it for a while. And then the Lord brought me back to it's all about me, Peter. It's my mission. It's not yours. You're joining me in what I'm already doing. And it's about abundance. And it's about love. And so there was places in my heart. Um, I got sick. And uh, we had to come back and, and live in Pasadena, California for six unexpected years. I thought my life was over. I thought we'd never be in Africa anymore again. And it was a real, what people will call the dark night of the soul. But in that place, the Lord showed me the orphan places in me. And he showed me where he wanted to love me deeper. And that he didn't want to sacrifice me for the mission field. But he wanted me to be even more whole and more transformed into his image. And then when that happened, you know, there's those seasons where God by His grace, allows us to go through those difficult things. But it's for greater fruit, just like the Bible says that um, it, the, the, the vine that bears fruit, they prune, it will be pruned, so it bears more fruit. So in that pruning, it's like I, I knew the day when that dark night of the soul was, was finished. And then that's when God birthed this whole vision of Wild Hope and starting this retreat training center where we kind of bring monasticism in not not in a weird way but just by that i just mean prayer and intimacy and mission so bring monasticism and missions together where we go deep into the love of the father and in that place get his heart for the world and take it in our own unique way because he uses each of us in our uniqueness wow Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that's so good. I love how you are just hammering, you know, missions flows from intimacy. Ministry flows from that intimacy. Thank you for sharing just your story, Peter. And I really get that from you, just how much you and Tammy and just love the Lord and know his love. And I just feel like that's so important for our, you know, our, our listeners to hear. Like, do you want a heart? for other people to come to know Christ will know God's heart for you and, and spend time with him and get to know who he is. And you'll realize how his heart is jealous, you know, for, for the nations. He's jealous that people would know him and be with him for eternity. And so thank you, Peter. Um, Absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah. I think that lines right up with this next question, you know, of if somebody's, you know, considering, like, I feel like maybe there's a call in my life to go. You know, I, I know that we're all, as followers of Christ, called to go and make disciples, but maybe somebody's feeling a tug of maybe I'm called to go, you know, into global missions in some way. Peter, what would you tell them? What are some of the first steps to 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 do that, to consider and to discern? I think the first thing would be to unplug. Um. I have this stuff I'm reading these days about, um, you know, social media addiction, um, you know, just uh, uh, even video, video game addiction. The average age is something like 30, a 32 year old male, 18 to 32 year olds are the people and and men spend something like 98 people are into video games, 98 or no, how many, uh, I can't remember how many hours, but a lot of hours in a week women a little bit less and I'm like unplug you know 
unplug. It's 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 an opiate. It's keeping people from the real adventure. I'm not anti-social media. I'm not, you know, anti-technology. But I see what's happening. It's happened to me. I speak from experience that the surrogate will always replace the real. And we have the enemy of our soul. And he wants to feed us the things that look like life but are not life. And he wants to give us things that will take our time into things that aren't who, what we were meant to be. And a lot of people, you know, they have, they have that old song, please don't send me to Africa. You know, or people are like, I don't want to surrender because God's going to send me to Africa. You know, you know where he's going to send you? He's going to send you into your adventure, the adventure that you were made for. That's where he's going to send you because you were uniquely made. And for me, you know, I went to Urbana as well back in the day. And I remember this guy getting up. He was so winsome. He loved Jesus. And he's a big man's man. And he talked about this, um, I think it was a BMW motorcycle he, he had. And he talked about getting on that bike and going 120 miles an hour. And getting off that bike and taking off his helmet. And he said there in front of us, I want to tell all of you. That was incredibly thrilling, but it does not hold a candle to following Jesus wherever he calls you to go. And for me, it was just like, amen, because I love motorcycles. I gave up motorcycles and God gave them back to me. I got the first church in Tanzania. I got to ride 45 minutes up this escarpment. And at one point, there's a ledge only like, you know, maybe, I don't know, a meter wide. And with a cliff going down one side and then the face on the other. And I, he gave me back the things that make my heart joyful. You know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. He know he made us. So, you know, the Bible says, if you love your life, you'll lose it. But if you, in Matthew, but if you lose your life for Christ's sake, you'll gain it. The word life there is suke, which means soul. You know, that your mind, will, and emotion, who you are. And we're so much in the West right now, we're all about trying to find out who we really are. But the Bible says you can't do, find that out until you give yourself away. And in giving yourself away to Jesus is where you're going to find your true self. And like I said, it starts with lordship. So if there's people who have a tug in their heart, unplug. Unplug from the things that are... Uh, bringing a dissonance and a distraction into your life so you can't hear the still small voice. Carve out time in prayer. Ask Jesus, what did you, you know, what did you put me on this earth for? And there's hints in your life. We call them destiny points. You can look back, even names, like a name of a child. A name a child is given is a destiny point a lot of times. And 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 there's there's different times in our life Corey Tin Boom prayed over my mom's when she was pregnant and, and, and prophesied that I would be a boy because they wanted a boy. And there's these key points in our lives that God is lining us up to step into our destiny, but we can miss them when we're plugged into things of the world where it's more important. And, um, you know, I, I get sad. Um, with a you know people who are so they they know how Harry Potter casts spells, but they don't know how 
to fight against the demonic in their friends' lives and bring them into freedom. You know, they they don't know the adventure. You know, in my life, for me, adventure is really important. But my, the, the stuff that I've been able to do, I mean, I've... I've I've been trapped, you know. I've been stalked by a man-eating lion. I've been charged by elephants. I've been on buffalo hunts with Maasai. I've been, I've I've got to see a whole community come to Christ. I, I've and but the coolest thing is I've I've seen um, Maasai become my brothers and sisters. You know, just like in Mark ten, it says, "I say to you that no one has left house or mother or father or brother and sister that you won't receive in this this life." James Kukon is my, you know, he's, we're, we're just like this. We're just so tight. Solomon. And uh, I would have never guessed that when I was trying 32 years ago to figure out this crazy language. So unplug, pray, um, talk to those in authority, spiritual authority over your life. And because in my life, there was people, they, they knew I was called to missions. I came on staff at a church, but they said, we know, Peter, you're only here for a season because we know you're called. And then uh, short-term mission. Um, and there's, in, in an area or a, a, a geographical area or an area where you, um, like uh, whether it's children or medicine or teaching and preaching, one of those areas or in a geographical area. Get in a place and, and, and seek the Lord in that place as well. So that would be the first first thing to do. And then uh, come to Tanzania and we'll, we'll teach you how to be a missionary. <laughs> that sounds kind of frightful, but we would love to have people come. You'll train them up. You'll train them up. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Um, thank you, Peter. That's so inspiring. I just, I would just love to ask as we kind of get ready to wrap up, um, just anything else on your heart, you know, in mind, um, regarding, uh, just while you're here and, you know, my listeners, uh, have the blessing of hearing your voice, just anything else that's on your heart and mind, you feel like the Lord would want you to say regarding living for the day or global missions. You know, one verse that's just keeps coming to my mind is, um, I believe it's Roman, is it ten fourteen? you know, uh, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one, you know, if they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching them? How can someone preach unless they're sent, you know? Uh, right. And uh, just, and I'm just so thankful. How beautiful are the feet of those Absolutely. who bring good news? And yeah, is there anything else on your heart and mind, Peter, that you'd love to share before we wrap up? Hmm. I don't know. I, um, you know, to me, the, they're, you know, the stats, the numbers of unreached, the people, you know, some missions say, you know, there's 156,000 people dying a day without Jesus. And, and that, while that, that is for some a motivation, it's, it's never been a motivation for me. For me, it's all been about the love of the father, Mm. um, and just being undone by the love of the father. And, um, and and just the Abrahamic blessing that we are blessed to be a blessing, and you can't out bless God, you can't out give God, you can't. Um, Tam and I are just, we just giggle sometimes. I mean, we're we're getting to develop this beautiful piece of property where people come. I mean, we have people who are working, translating languages, and they come here to get refreshed. We have people. Uh, 
exhausted from working with the unreached and they come here and in tears are bathed again in the spirit of Jesus Christ and they just come to a place of refreshment again. It's like a candy store. I mean, it's just like we get to be a part of this and you, I would just want your listeners to realize you can't outgive God. You can't outbless Him. Whatever, when you do seek His kingdom first, all of this will be added unto you. And I, you know, that famous quote from from Jim Elliot is um, who went to Ecuador in the 1950s and was martyred. You know, they they landed. To, they'd been making friends with these Indians, and they landed on the on, on the sandbank and. These guys started shooting arrows at them, and Jim Elliott and these other guys were pulling the arrows out and breaking them and saying, Jesus loves you. You know, Jesus loves you. And eventually, they died. And uh, But Jim Elliott's famous quote is that he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And uh, praise God. I just, I just want to challenge your listeners to risk, risk for the kingdom. And, um, you know, I, it's kind of like a pandemic, you know, the stuff that's, hasn't it taught us that life is fleeting? Hasn't it taught us that this world is passing away and the only thing that's going to last is the eternal kingdom of God? And, uh, you know, in the end, we're going to meet up. We're like, Jake, high five. Wasn't that a great ride? Wasn't that a great ride? And uh, it'll be like, you know, it was all worth it. And that doesn't, you know, there's hardships, there's persecution, there's difficulty. But in the end, every tear will be dried and we'll all say, that was a good ride. That was a good ride. So, I don't know. Just tell your, I hope your listeners would uh, uh, unplug and plug into the Holy Spirit of the living God to join him in his mission and find their unique part of that mission so that uh, they can be completely fulfilled. I remember just this last John Piper, he said another, John Piper uh, said another really great thing. He talked about these two retired ladies who went, and this was a few years ago, you know the story, yeah, a few years ago, they went, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago he talked about this, but anyway, Retired ladies went to Liberia, I think, and, and they had a car accident. Their car rolled, and they were killed. And people are saying, oh, how tragic. And John Piper says, that's not tragic. You know what's tragic? It's people spending all their money on themselves and traveling around and following their hobbies and not giving their life to the kingdom of God. I'm a, I have hobbies. I'm not against hobbies. But when they take over our call and why we were put here on earth, that is tragic. Yeah. Thanks, Jake. Ooh, ooh. Wow. I'm so thankful for you, Peter, and so thankful for this conversation. Peter, um, yeah, I just honor you and uh, just so thankful for you. And um, I love to have um, my guests pray just a Holy Spirit, even prophetic prayer over yeah. my listeners. Um, so... Uh, just would you be willing to just bless them wherever they are at whatever time in history they're listening to this thing? Would you just bless them with an encounter with the Holy Spirit um, right now? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you are Lord of the nations. 
I thank you that you are enthroned on the praises of your people. I thank you that you take people like myself who was a scared little boy and you made me brave. Not brave of myself, but brave when I saw and experienced your authority and when I realized that you were with Tammy and I and our children. I just pray for everyone who's hearing this podcast that you'd break fear in their life, that you'd help them unplug where they need to unplug so they can get connected with you, so they can hear your voice. Lord, it's a lie that we can't hear the voice of God. We thank you for your word, your written word, and we thank you, Father, for the way you make it come alive in our lives here and now, and for those who are listening to this podcast right now. Lord, would they hear your voice? Would they be able to know what it is you're calling them to do? Maybe even if it's not the whole picture, one step at a time. Because Father, your word says that you have ordained that we walk in the good works that you preordained before the foundation of the world for us to walk in. I thank you for those good works for the listeners. And I pray that they would unplug, connect with you, so that those good works can be released in their life for your glory, for your power, for your eternal kingdom, Lord. And thank you that we're all going to meet at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we're going to rejoice and we're going to party like we've never partied before. And we thank you, Lord God, that we will know that we get to dwell in your love for eternity. Lord, help us remember, help the listeners to remember that this world and this day is fleeting, but your kingdom will last forever. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Woo! Thank you so much, Peter. <laughs> wow. Thank you for being on Living for the Day. What thank, a blessing. Thank you, Jake. And uh, thank you for your faithfulness and uh, for being who God made you to be. You're, you're a man I admire very much. Thanks, Peter. Love you. Wow, wow, wow. Praise God for Peter and Tammy and their family and their faithfulness. I'm so inspired and hope you are too. And just love that word to take risks for the kingdom of God, to unplug that we might not miss those destiny points where God's speaking to us about the call he has on our life. So, Wow, I am so encouraged and thankful. The nugget for today is just this thought for heaven. You know, imagine being with someone in heaven that God used you to bring them to Christ and be in heaven in eternity forever. Can you imagine that? And, you know, imagine the person who led you to Christ and, you know, who God used to be a part of, you know, you being in heaven forever. It's just, I don't know. It's, I just am so inspired. I want there to be people, you know, that God used me to bring them into fellowship with him for forever. <laughs> and so let's take risks. Uh, that's the only way it's going to happen. Um, God through us. So, Hey, I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're equipped to live for and long for the day of Jesus' return. 
uh, just a quick mention that I started a Substack so that I can do a, a weekly newsletter so I can send this podcast link directly to you. I've got some bonus content as well. So it's just, uh, you can get the Substack app or just use, you know, uh, the website. But um, my publication, I guess you call it, is Living for the Day with Jake Walker. And if you want to sign up for the newsletter, you can do that there. I hope that you're encouraged and uh, thankful for you. Let's take some risks for the gospel. And uh, love you. See you next time.